Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into episode one of the 2022-2023 edition of the CRW Hoops podcast. I'll be your host today, Jordan Cruz. Typically, Stephen will be your main man here leading the CRW Hoops podcast as we talk about some West Virginia basketball, but he had a prior engagement, so you're stuck with me for this one. Get ready to tip off the Mountaineer basketball season in less than a week now. November 7th will be the first game of the 2022-2023 men's basketball season. We'll take on Mount St. Mary's there in the Coliseum at 7 o'clock p.m., and then, of course, the backyard brawl coming up quickly, you know, the basketball edition there for the second game of the season, so here, what we wanted to do with our first episode of the season is just kind of give a little brief season preview. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go down the roster, kind of talk about the new players. You know, there's a lot of new faces for the Mountaineers this season. And for so if you're listening on the audio side, I'm actually doing this live on our YouTube. So if you're listening on the audio side, you're hearing the playback. But if you're watching on the playback on our YouTube or on the WB Sports Now YouTube, as we're part of their network there in the Sports Now family of networks, we appreciate you tuning in that way too, but be sure and subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. That way you can be notified in the future when we do go live um, like we are sometimes impromptu like we are for this stream. And we plan to go live plenty this season with Mountaineer basketball content, going to do some post-game live streams and things like that. So roughly just to kind of let you know our plan for basketball season is hopefully to do post-game live streams for almost every basketball game immediately following the game and then Podcast-wise, you know, that's a little bit more for the video side. Podcast-wise, for you guys on the audio side, we will be doing at least one episode a week talking about the games that have occurred, the games that are coming up that week for the Mountaineer basketball team. So that's a little bit of our plan here for this upcoming season. But for this episode, as I am live here on the Country Roads webcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, if you are in here, just uh, please go ahead, you know, uh, drop your questions, comments, concerns about the upcoming WB basketball season in the chat. I'll address them as I go here throughout if anything pops up. But in the meantime, I just kind of want to briefly touch on, you know, the upcoming season and the players that will be seeing suit up for the Mountaineers uh, this upcoming basketball season. So, you know, like I said, the first game will be November 7th against Mount St. Mary's. Then you go on the road for the backyard brawl against Pitt. Then a couple more non-con games against Moorhead State and Penn. And after that, that's when the non-conference schedule gets pretty tough for the Mountaineers. 
I know they also have the uh, Phil Knight Classic Tournament they're going to be playing in as well that's got a lot of tough teams in it. So the Mountaineers are really going to have uh, some tough matchups in the non-conference. And we know the Big 12 Conference is one of the toughest conferences in college basketball. In my opinion, it is the very toughest conference in college basketball. But that being said, a lot of new faces for the Mountaineers uh, this season. So what I want to do is I want to go through the roster here a little bit and we'll, we'll go through it player by player. I'm going to try and pull it up and share my screen with you here and we'll go through the roster together for you guys that are watching the video side on the YouTube. If you're on the audio side, no worries. I know you won't have the visual effect, but I'm going to detail everything here as I speak as well. So um, we've got an alphabetical order here just the way they have it on the university site. Um, starting off right here with um, number 15, Jimmy Bell Jr., six foot two, 285 pound four, forward. He's a senior guy they got, you know, from Juco there, as you can see, Moberly Area Community College out there in Arizona. He's originally from Michigan. But this guy is, is a big guy. I mean, you see, he's 285, so that's good size for a basketball player already. But he's actually lost 75 pounds. You know, since he got to Morgantown, you know, going through the off-season conditioning programs, the workout programs, lost 75 pounds. He was a guy that was up over 300 pounds at one point. He was going to maybe possibly be a football player, so he was a you know offensive line recruit for football. That's why he had bulked up so big to you know 300 plus pounds, you know, over 350, and so gets to Morgantown, loses 75 pounds, and has found himself entrenched. He's probably going to be the starting, you know man there in the middle for the Mountaineers playing the five position this season that you will see has been though has been that thus far through the two scrimmages the Mountaineers have played against Dayton and Bowling Green. So great size there and hopefully good things from him. The Mountaineers are expecting him to be, you know, a rim protector and to, you know, clean the glass for them as they look to be improved rebounding the ball this year. Moving along here, one of the freshmen here, West Virginia has two freshmen. We'll actually talk about them back to back and funny enough, both named Josiah. This one here, the first one we'll talk about is the guard Josiah, and that is a six foot three, one hundred ninety five pound guard to be exact. He is actually from Canada originally, as you see there, Ontario, uh, coming though from Taze Valley in West Virginia. So, you know, in state recruit, you know, Canadian formerly, but you know, ended up now an in state recruit for the Mountaineers as he signs. And you know, Bob Huggins said they plan to play these freshmen, so I don't know how soon we'll see him, but we'll see him at some point this season I'm sure probably you know some of these early non-conference games get him some action get his feet wet and see where he's at before you shorten the bench a little bit when you get ready and get a little bit closer to conference play uh, and then moving along right here the next freshman as I said also named Josiah saw him do some good things in the Mountaineer scrimmage against Bowling Green if you got a chance to watch that or listen to Tony Creedy's call came in and had a really smooth stroke hit two threes for the Mountaineers and looked really good doing so got great size this year he'll be playing forward for the Mountaineers this season, six foot seven, two hundred pound guy out of Canton, Ohio. There, uh, you know where the uh, Hall of Fame is there in Canton. So, uh, but six foot seven guy looks like he's got a great stroke. So I expect to see him. I think he seems to me, you know, just to the naked eye anyway, like he's a little bit more ready than Josiah Davis to be able to play faster. Not that they both won't contribute this season, but I think Josiah Harris is more ready made to get on the court early in his Mountaineer career. Um, then, of course, Kedrian Johnson, the super senior, you know, utilizing his fifth year, six foot three, 185. We all know Kedy last season was really great defensively. This season may be asked to score a little bit. I know the Mountaineers have added a lot of good players that can help them defensively and help them with rebounding, something the Mountaineers have struggled with in the past couple of seasons. But 
they're going to need to find ways to score in with that and find some guys to score the basketball. So Keedy may be asked to do a little bit more scoring, but I think he will continue his defensive ways and hopefully has even improved to be even better at that on-ball defense that he proved to be, you know, pretty good at for the most part of last season. And then Kobe Johnson, we saw as a true freshman last season, get a lot of play in time and do some good things. He's back this season and will be able to transfer. He's transitioning over, won't be playing point guard for the Mountaineers, playing more of a two guard, which is more of his natural position, according to Coach Huggins, the six foot three, 210 pounder, also from Canton, Ohio, um, there. And, you know, we know what he can do. And I think he's going to be a guy that can score for the Mountaineers this season as well. And, you know, was doing a good job hitting the glass as well in the scrimmage against Bowling Green. And then Jamel King. Is a sophomore going to be a sophomore for the Mountaineers? Uh, just missed out on the red shirt, you know, got in some action there late last season. But he's been known to be a shooter. You know, that's what the reports have been. We haven't really seen him as much as we saw some of the other true freshmen last season. But six foot seven, two hundred and fifteen pound guy that I think can really help the Mountaineers this season. As I said, they're going to need some guys that can score the basketball for him. So hopefully, he's one that'll be able to do so. And I think he's a guy with a good stroke. As the Mountaineers will need some shooters on this team. And then, of course, another super senior we talked about one before with Keedy Johnson. Now you got Emmett Matthews Jr. coming back to WVU, transferred out two seasons ago, spent last season playing for the Washington Huskies back in his home state of Tacoma, you know, of Washington, where he's from, you know, there in Tacoma, Washington. So comes back to Morgantown to finish out his career, and I think he's going to be asked to be one of the team leaders for the Mountaineers. Mountaineers, like I say, are going to need some scoring, so he's going to be doing a little bit of that. And I think hopefully this this time around, he seems to be – he has really, uh, I don't want to say perfected, but improved his shooting stroke. He seems to be shooting the three ball a lot better this go around in Morgantown. And I think with some of the players the Mountaineers have and some of the depth they have at the four and five position, Emmett Matthews, you'll be seeing him play more of the three this year than you have in the past. I know in the starting lineup the Mountaineers have put out – in these two scrimmages, he was actually at the four. But I think you will see him play the three a lot this season. I think you'll see, you know, guys that we'll talk about later on this list, Trey Mitchell, who we're about to talk about, who hasn't got to play yet, will be, you know, in there. Kakonkwo will factor in. Waggy, um, the list goes on of guys that can play the four. So Matthews has a chance to play more of the three this time. And I think that benefits his game a little bit more. But I think he's going to do whatever – Coach Huggins needs him too. So I know before he was number 11, he's going to be wearing number one this season, as you see there. Moving right along through the roster here, another senior the Mountaineers have. This one's a transfer. You know, last season the Mountaineers got some transfers from lower-level programs. That didn't work. So this year they went a different route and have brought in some Power 5 transfers that I think are really going to help them. And one of them that may be the most talented of those transfers, arguably, is Trey Mitchell, the transfer from Texas He's injured right now, hasn't practiced yet since he came to the Mountaineers, but the Mountaineers are hoping to see him, you know, get in the action before too long. Huggins sounds optimistic about it. So hopefully, you know, before 2022 is out, we'll get to see him get some action before, you know, conference play kicks up for the Mountaineers. He'll be wearing number three this season, originally from Pittsburgh. And this is a guy that I think can contribute a lot for the Mountaineers. I think he's a good scorer on offense, and then he can, you know, help you on the glass and defensively as well. Moving along, another forward here, six foot eight, 240, great size. Huggins said last season, you know, that he felt like if he would have had the opportunity to play more, he would have been the best rebounder the Mountaineers have. Came, you know, from the prep school there in Beckley, uh, but he's actually originally from England, and that's James Aconquo. And he's a guy that the Mountaineers are super high on. You see great size there, six eight, 240. But he's also, you know, got good ball skills. He can dribble the basketball. 
apparently, you know, from what we've heard about him, maybe arguably the most athletic player on the Mountaineers team and uh, supposed to be really good on the glass. You know, something we've heard a lot about a lot of these big men that the Mountaineers have brought in. So something to be excited about there. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll have plenty more Mountaineer basketball content as we go throughout. Um, if you're in here on the video side, Hit the like button for us. That'll help this video's performance, help future videos' performances as well. And hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And then if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast there, which you can find on any podcast platform, if you're listening on Apple Spot Podcast though specifically, leave us a rating. That really helps us there on that platform, which helps us across all podcast platforms. So here as we progress through episode one of the CRW Hoops podcast, 2022-2023 uh, edition, but continuing our rundown of the roster here. Um, next up, we got Eric Stevenson, who is a transfer, you know, a bit of a journeyman, played at uh, multiple schools. He was at Wichita State a few years ago, then at South Carolina most recently before transferring to the Mountaineers. As I said, the Mountaineers going into the transfer portal and getting some more Power 5 transfers. Eric Stevenson's a guy they're looking at to probably be the leading scorer on this team. And I think if you watch the Bowling Green scrimmage, that was kind of evident. 18 points in that scrimmage uh, to be, you know, a really big bright spot. Of course, you know, you flip that over to the other side of the coin. I believe he had six turnovers as well. So if that's something that you can't have, you have to cut down on. But hopefully that's just an anomaly and not something that continues to progress. But you can tell this guy's just a player that's got really good basketball IQ. I think he's going to be a fan favorite this season. He's personally looking like the potential to be my favorite player on this team. Already got a nice little nickname. They're calling him Arm Sleeve East Steve. Love it. Um, wearing number 10 for the Mountaineers, like I said, six foot four, two 205. Going to be a starting two guard, another super senior, and he's a player that's got a lot of potential, really good shooter, excellent at the free throw line, over 90%, and I think brings great defensive pedigree and good on-ball defenses, which I think you can say about all the transfers that WV brought in guard-wise just as you can say, the players that W bought in, you know, four and five uh, position-wise are good on uh, rebounding and defense as well. I think that's the one thing that's I'm excited about this team is it looks more like the type of Bob Huggins teams that we're used to seeing, whereas it seemed like the past two or three years he was kind of trying to get out of his wheelhouse, find, you know, go with a more scoring team. And I don't think he liked the results as, you know, us as fans probably didn't either. And so it looks like he's getting back to more a little bit of his roots with this team. But I think there are some guys that can score the basketball, and I believe Eric Stevenson here is one you will see that has the potential to be the leading scorer for the Mountaineers this season and definitely, you know, one of up there for sure. And then moving along, we've got another forward that the Mountaineers brought in from the JUCO ranks, and that's Pat Summonick. The Mountaineers have had a couple players injured that haven't had a chance to participate yet. We talked about one of those already being Trey Mitchell. The other one of those here is Patrick Summonick, six foot eight, two hundred thirty pound forward. Going to be wearing number twenty four for the Mountaineers when he gets the chance to get back on the floor. I believe he's dealing with a knee injury. He's originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Coming to the Mountaineers from Triton College. Heard good things about him. Can't really tell you too much. I haven't you know watched his highlights or anything like that. I've just gone off hearsay from what I've heard, and you know that's that. He's a good rebounder, and I think that's, like I said, that seems consistent with a lot of the big men the Mountaineers brought in, including one we'll talk about moving here in the future. But hopefully somebody gets back and can help the Mountaineers and get some experience early in this season before the Mountaineers hit the grind of conference play and the tough Big 12. And then another guard the Mountaineers brought in, a transfer, going to be a senior originally from the Bronx, New York, which you love to see. You know, Coach Huggins has had great success with those New York players, those 
tough guys, and a lot of us were wanting us to get back to some of those roots that we saw, you know, especially when you think of that Final Four team, a lot of those guys were, you know, New York, New Jersey guys. And the Mountaineers brought one in. And Joe Toussaint, the six foot 190 guard, going to be wearing number five for the Mountaineers this season. And like I said, another power five transfer coming to the Mountaineers from Iowa, known for his defense. And I think similarly to Keedy Johnson, maybe asked to score a little bit more for the Mountaineers this season. And I think he has that capability. He showed against Bowling Green. He had a, you know, a three-point jumper and looked good in the mid-range. Has the ability to attack, you know, the rim, as I think a lot of these guards do, including Eric Stevenson, who we just talked about. But in regards to Toussaint, I think he's really great on-ball defender. Um, he's not starting for the Mountaineers currently. He hasn't in the scrimmages. Maybe somebody they want to bring off the bench for a spark, but he also has the potential to wind up as a starter, I believe in the future for the Mountaineers. And something else that I've heard, I think, you know, you saw it in spots, the Mountaineers press a little bit against Bowling Green, and I think they're going to – it's not going to be press Virginia or anything by any means. We're not getting completely back to that, but I think they are going to press in spots. They're going to extend the, you know, the man-to-man defense out, make teams start their offense out, you know, near half court, past half court, and, you know, try and just be a nuisance, you know, like I said, get back to more of that Huggins-type style. But one thing that I have heard coming out of, you know, the practices and stuff prior to the start of this season is that if Joe Toussaint and Keedy Johnson get on the floor together, they can really wreak havoc. And, you know, I've heard that the way it was put to me was think about, you know, Daxter Miles and Javon Carter type havoc. So I think, you know, when you do see the Mountaineers press, don't be surprised if it's when Toussaint and Keedy Johnson are on the floor together. I know Coach Huggins has said, though, that he's kind of scared to play them together too much because he doesn't want them both to get into foul trouble and, you know, be down two guards that, you know, two of your point guards because he's trying not to make guys that are more fit to play two guard have to play point guard this season, uh, trying to really stick with, you know, Tucson and Keedy there at the point guard position, um, you know, among some others. But um, I think that when those two are on the floor defensively, it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, fun to watch this season for the Mountaineers. So uh, a lot of excitement behind Tucson as well. And then a lot of excitement behind this JUCO transfer. You know, the Mountaineers, like I said, they went to the Power Five for the transfer portal players. And then as far as the other recruits, it was a lot of JUCOs. And this one right here may be the most talented of the JUCOs, arguably. I know Jimmy Bell's the starter. Looks like he, this guy's going to come off the bench, but he is going to be an absolute monster on the glass. I'm really excited to watch this player play this season. And that is Mohamed Waggy, number 11 for the Mountaineers, going to be you'll see him wearing that this season and he's coming in at six foot two 225 pounds another new york guy from the bronx so you get that new york toughness he's only a sophomore so get him for a few years like i said coming from the juco ranks from harcum college and all you heard about him was he's a straight glass cleaner he's great on the offensive boards uh particularly even and i think when we seen him get it in the scrimmages we saw just that i don't know for sure if he led the mountaineers in rebounding but from just watching the game, you know, not looking at the stats right now off the top of my head, he was the one I saw grabbing the most boards, it seemed like, and particularly, like I said, on the offensive glass, getting putbacks and stuff. So I don't know if he'll come off the bench all season. I think he's a guy that's got the potential to start at the forward position, particularly when Trey Mitchell's out, if they don't continue to start him at Matthews there. Um, I like Waggy a lot, but like I said, that's another guy that could also bring you a spark off the bench. So. I don't, you know, question them bringing him off the bench either. But I do think he has the talent and the potential to be a starter. And if not this season, he definitely will in the future for the Mountaineers. But watch out for him cleaning the glass this season. And he's another one of my favorites from the players that I've seen uh, thus far from the Mountaineers and the players that I've heard about. And then moving to the last player here on our list, here's a guy that really came on last year as a true freshman, I think. 
a lot of people were clamoring for him, clamoring for him to get more playing time last season. He kind of seemed to be one of the best shooters that the Mountaineers showcased, you know, at times, particularly from behind the arc. When he got hot, he was really filling it up at times. And, you know, we see him put up, you know, mid to high point totals a lot and not a lot of minutes. So we'll see if he can improve upon that and continue to show to be a scorer because, as I said, that's the one thing it looks like this team is getting back to more of Bob Huggins' roots. But in turn with that, you know, the one thing we've seen from those Huggins-style teams is great on defense, great on rebounding, great at forcing turnovers, but they also go on these scoring droughts. And, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to make a play and bring you out of that drought and get you back into rhythm where you can, you know, start scoring, you know, see the ball go through the hoop and start scoring again. Sometimes that's all it takes. And sometimes you just need one guy to be able to do that. And Seth Wilson, I think, is a guy that has the potential to be that guy for you. And, you know, only a sophomore has potential to have a bright West Virginia career as well. Another guy from Ohio, as you see a few of those on this roster, changed his number this season, going to be wearing number 14. You know, I believe he was number 45 prior to wearing 14 this season, Six foot one, 215-pounder. So that's kind of a look at your roster for the Mountaineers. One thing I forgot to mention, of course, or didn't want to fail to mention anyways in this episode is that the Mountaineers in the past couple of days did actually add a transfer as well from Manhattan that is committed. I don't believe he's actually signed the letter of intent yet, so you don't have the official announcement from the university. But uh, Jose Perez, he's a guard. He's played at a couple other schools, uh, Gardner-Webb, and I want to say Marquette maybe as well. But most recently at Manhattan, uh, led them in scoring last year, I believe, 18 points a game. Um, he's a scorer that's not really a, a shooter. That's I think he only shot 25% from three or something like that. So not really a shooting type scorer, but a guy that can get to the line, um, draw some fouls, and you know get to the rim and just get his shot mid range and close to the basket. Um, kind of think of you know Teddy Allen type of scoring is. Uh, the way that I've heard it described for this guy named Jose Perez is his name, but he's going to be eligible for this season at some point. I believe from what I've heard, the Mountaineers are going to try and petition to get him eligible immediately uh, once he gets on campus, you know, hopefully for as soon as, uh, you know, the first or second game of the season. But typically uh, guys wouldn't be eligible until the next semester. So, you know, he wouldn't be eligible until, you know, January, February, March, whenever, however that works uh, after the first of the year. So if anything, you will see him then, but the Mountaineers trying to get him eligible prior to then, and you add one more face to this roster. So the roster that we see in the first, you know, few games of the season for the Mountaineers won't necessarily be the same faces you'll see by the end of the season because, like I said, Pat Sumnick, who knows how long he's going to be out, and same goes for Trey Mitchell, who's going to come back for the Mountaineers at some point the Texas transfer and be a big factor on this team. And then, of course, we'll see what happens with – Jose Perez, who the Mountaineers uh, just added. WVU fan 23 here in the chat. He asks, is the St. Mary's game going to be televised by anyone? It's actually going to be on ESPN+. Plus. If you got ESPN+, Plus, um, you can catch it there. Hopefully somebody you know has ESPN+. Plus. Maybe they'll be kind enough to lend you their log um, their login information, and uh, that, that could help you out there in that situation. If you don't have ESPN+, Plus, I know it kind of stinks, actually. You know, the uh, the game, the football game this Saturday coming up is going to be um, on ESPN Plus. Well, uh, against Iowa State, not a fan of them being on ESPN Plus myself either. 
But uh, at least they're on television. You know, typically, you know, some of those games wouldn't have been televised now. At least with ESPN Plus, you have the ability to watch them, you know, with a subscription. Or if you know somebody that has the subscription, they could help you out or you can go over to their house, you know, anything like that. But then, of course, like I always like to say, Tony Caridi's calls better than most of the television announcers anyway. So that's always a good option as well. But, uh, yeah, WVN 23, Mount St. Mary's game will be televised on ESPN Plus. So first mountain year basketball game of the season coming up less than a week now, November 7th, 7 p.m. tip time against Mount St. Mary's, and it can be on ESPN Plus if you want to watch it. Of course, you can catch Tony Greedy on the radio. I'm going to touch on you know a couple more news points that I wanted to touch on here before we wrap up uh, episode one of the CRW Hoops podcast, the 2022-2023 season preview edition. Um, and the main one, of course, is some news that's actually broke today. Nothing official, but it's coming from Pete Thamel and some, you know, reliable sources that typically once it comes from those guys, it's not long before it breaks as official. I, to me, it kind of just means that I guess the ink's not dry on the contracts or maybe they haven't exactly signed on the dotted line yet, but almost seems imminent when it comes from a guy like Pete Thamel. And that is that Gonzaga is actually going to potentially be joining the Big 12 conference. So, yeah, I'm – you know, I didn't see that one coming, actually. You know, I guess just maybe it's just me, uh, but typically when I'm ta- thinking conference realignment, football is actually on the forefront of my mind. So when they were talking about adding West Coast teams, Gonzaga actually never really entered my brain. And, you know, I want to shout out uh, shout out to Coos, you know, our friend over at Coos's Corner there on YouTube. I'm sure most of you already know him, but if you're listening on the audio side, you don't get over there and sub him up as well. But he actually, you know, I think, you know, three months ago, I think it was when the video was, uh, don't want to say predicted this, but definitely, you know, mentioned this would be a good idea for the Big 12 to try and go out and get a team like Gonzaga for uh, for the basketball side of the conference. And, you know, the Big 12, as I said earlier in this episode, already may be considered the toughest conference in college basketball. So if adding Gonzaga, there's absolutely no doubt that you're the tough, toughest conference in basketball you know, because it's only barely arguable now, you know, maybe with the ACC and, you know, some other teams that have. But I think top to bottom, the Big 12's way deeper basketball-wise. And if you add Gonzaga, it's going to be, you know, very interesting for sure. Um, Silas, what's going on, man? Good to see you in here in the chat as well. Uh, if I can get my mouse to uh, cooperate, I'll pull up your comment here. Um, he says, Gonzaga to the Big 12. Would be fun to have them in the Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's crazy, perfect timing. I just now, you know, wanted to touch on that. Uh, the reports coming out that the Big 12 is are in the Big 12 conference is in talks to add Gonzaga for, you know, basketball. Of course, Gonzaga doesn't have, you know, a football program. So, of course, this would be a move for basketball. But I think that means that announcement on football moves are probably, you know, forthcoming as well, maybe potentially adding more, you know, West Coast teams on that side as well. And as bad as, you know, I think the one thing that we've hated about the Big 12 conference has been the travel. And this, of course, doesn't help that in any way, shape, or form. You know, of course, makes it harder. But, you know, at least it's only one team right now on the basketball side of things that's way out there on the West Coast and that you would have to travel to, you know, once a year. But they also you know, have to travel here. Uh, it's actually going to be a, a little bit harder on Gonzaga travel-wise, I would think. But even having said that, I don't – I'm not against the Big 12 adding – these West Coast schools like Gonzaga, you know, here in basketball, and if they choose to do so in football as well, because I think right now it's just all about stability, being stable, and 
staying in it when you got these what looks to be super conference super conferences forming. You want to have a seat at the table. I think for West Virginia, that's what's most important is to remain having a seat at the table. And if the Big 12 continues to improve and and you know expand and build upon what they already have and you're in the Big 12 firmly, you don't have to worry about anything. So I think that's the one plus side we need to think about. You know, I know there's plenty of other negatives to talk about, but I'm certainly not against it competition-wise. The Big 12 is already crazy, you know, tough, but adding Gonzaga is only going to make it a little bit tougher. And uh, to go along with that, um, I know we're here on the basketball side, but um, I failed to mention on the uh, Iowa State preview, I meant to and failed to mention that the Big 12, you know, renegotiating their – television rights deal with ESPN and Fox. So they're staying with the same companies they have been with just renegotiating for, you know, when Texas and Oklahoma leaves and it looks like they're, the money's going to be similar despite them leaving and stuff. When the new uh, other four schools are added to, you know, form the 12 that will be there in, you know, 2024, 2025, whichever year that is that this will start. So definitely wanted to bring that up and mention that for those of you that hadn't heard about that as well. I'm sure most of you have by now, but definitely that's just the two talking points I want to talk about, you know, big 12 TV deal continuum with Fox and ESPN. Cause I failed to bring that up on the football podcast, the Iowa state preview, which if you haven't checked that out, that released earlier today, be sure and check out the football side of the country roads webcast uh, season five, episode 145, the Iowa state preview and predictions episode, Stephen and I uh, just released that. So, Check that out. We'll have plenty more uh, CRW Hoops content coming in the future as well. But, uh, yeah, as Silas says here in the comments, your mark doing work. Yeah, Brett, your mark certainly is doing work. You know, as I said, meeting with uh, – seeing meeting with Gonzaga of AD and I think Mark Few, I think, was the report. But uh, definitely it's going to be very interesting to have Gonzaga in the Big 12 and see what the Big 12 is doing basketball-wise. You know, uh, didn't even think about, you know, the basketball side potentially adding more new members, I guess – just because Texas and Oklahoma leaving, I thought the conference was still going to be very tough, so I never really thought about it on that side. But adding Gonzaga, that's a heck of a way to replace those teams. So it's going to be interesting to see here in the next few years uh, how this Big 12 conference looks and moves going forward. And you want to get you know into a place where you're in a good spot so the West Virginia Mountaineers could use a bounce-back season this year in 2022, 2023. I know we all hated to see them you know, miss the tournament, you know, two of the last three years or whatever it's been. And, you know, last season struggled. And this season I think a lot of people are – I don't want to say not hopeful, but you see the Big 12 media poll come out for basketball and West Virginia's predicted, you know, ninth out of ten teams. That may get you down a little bit. But that's why I kind of want to go through this roster and show you the West Virginia does have, you know, some players. And I think they have some players that Bob Huggins really likes. He seems to be really happy with this roster. You know, we heard them before down on the transfer portal, and I think that's because, they, like I said, they kind of missed on some of these guys. They went to lower-level schools. This time they tried to go the, they decided to go the Power 5 route. I think they got guys that are better fits. And Huggins has, you know, come out and said he actually likes the transfer portal now even. So can't be dismissive of that enough that Huggins actually, you know, has come out and said that he really likes this roster. And I think just watching this team and the, you know, scrimmage that we've got to see and the other scrimmage that we got to hear about against Dayton, they definitely have the looks and the makings of more of a Bob Huggins team. They look like his type of guys. They all have a you know a little bit of an edge to them. You know the the Waggies, the Tucson's, the Eric Stevensons. Those guys really seem like they fit Huggins style and you know fit this culture, this blue collar style that we like here. You know that Mountaineer mentality, if you will, here at West Virginia. So I'm really 
quietly optimistic about this season. I know the Mountaineers, like I said, tough non-conference, especially with that uh, preseason tournament they're going to be playing in. And the Big 12, as I said before, I think is the toughest conference in basketball. So they got a tough challenge, but I think that they are set for a, be- a bounce back year, in my opinion. I think that this has the makings of a team that I think they're going to be wrong in the Big 12 media poll. I think that they will not finish ninth. I think you're looking at a team that's more middle of the conference. I, I could see them even, you know, creeping up into the top five. You know, I'm thinking fifth, sixth range. But if you finish, you know, sixth in this conference, which is kind of probably where I'd peg them right now, you're probably making the NCAA tournament. And that's, I think, what the ultimate goal is for, for us this season or or should be anyways as Mountaineer fans is to see the West Virginia Mountaineers men's basketball team back into the big dance so we can, you know, write them in in our brackets in March. We want to be able to do that, to have that opportunity. And I think that's the ultimate goal of any, you know, college basketball season to me is to just see your team make the tournament because then, you know, you have a chance. You only got to win, you know, what, three, four four games in a row to get to the final four and, you know, five, six games in a row to win it all. So I think it gives you that, you know, that confidence, that hope. We could win. We could go on a five, six game winning streak. We could do this. And so that to me, that's just the excitement of college basketball season is seeing your team make it to the big dance. And that's, I guess, my bold prediction for episode one here in the 2022-2023 season preview is that I think this Mountaineer basketball team will finish better than they're predicted at ninth in the conference. I think they'll improve on that. And I also will predict that this year's team will be an NCAA tournament team. I know it's crazy to say before they've ever, you know, touched the floor in a real game yet, but I got to have some fun speculation in the season preview episode and wanted to give you guys a little something there. So that's uh, my bold prediction here in episode one, but really appreciate you guys tuning in here for episode one of the CRW hoops pod 2022-2023 season preview edition. Um, Like I said, if you're watching on the video side, whether it be on our YouTube here on the country roads webcast or over on the WV sports now YouTube, where you can find us there and on their website there at WV, excuse, WVSportsNow.com as we are a part of their network there in the SportsNow family and networks. I'm really appreciative of them. But if you're tuned in to that video version or the video version here on our YouTube, hit the like button while you're in here. Give us that thumbs up. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation as does hitting the subscribe button. And if you hit that and then hit the notification bell right beside that subscribe button, it'll notify you when we go live for impromptu times when we do like to record episodes of the podcast live, which I am doing uh, here. Got, I am live on the Country Roads webcast, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, but the playback will be up on our channel and the WV Sports Now channel, as I said. And, of course, the audio version will be available on all podcast platforms as will all of our CRW Hoops episodes throughout this season. So if you're an audio-only type of guy, don't worry. We got you covered there as well. But if you like some video stuff, if you're on YouTube ever, hop on over to the Country Roads webcast channel. Subscribe us up there if you're hearing the audio version. So you can get a little bit of bonus content there, some stuff you don't get with these long-form podcast episodes. Like I said, sometimes we do exclusive to YouTube streams where we don't take the audio and put it on the podcast platform. But you're hearing this now, so you're covered, and you're covered for most of the basketball episodes throughout the season and at least two football episodes as well. So plenty of Mountaineer sports content coming from us here at the Country Roads webcast. We'll have plenty of hoops coverage. As I said, the plan is to hopefully do live streams for you know most every game this season that we can, and then, of course, one episode a week here on the podcast side that will be video version up on our YouTube, 
the WV Sports Now YouTube and WVSportsNow.com website, and then the audio version, of course, on any podcast platform you like. We'll be back next week with another episode. Who knows, we may try and get one out even before the first game there against Mount St. Mary's, but if not, look out for a post-game reaction stream and then an episode following that game. We'll definitely get one in before the basket brawl, if you will, there, the backyard brawl basketball version coming up. So hoping for an excited twenty, an exciting 2022-2023 West Virginia Mountaineer men's basketball season, and we'll be here to cover it all along the way. Like I said, I'm your host for this episode, Jordan. Normally, Steven will be here in this chair, and I'll be here um, as his uh, sidekick. But for now, you got me for this episode. Have us both in the future, and who knows who else may pop up here as a member of the Country Roads webcast team as we go throughout the Mountaineer basketball season. But, you know, plenty of coverage coming up on the YouTube channel and here on the podcast side, whether you like the audio or the video. Both Mountaineer sports about to be in full spring, in full swing with football and basketball, um, you know, in that time where they are both coexisting. So a lot of content coming up. Be on the lookout for it moving forward. That being said, until next time, let's go. Mountain. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...